Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Open with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Come on, let's get our Bibles out. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. Um, we'll have it on the, on the wall behind me. But let's really believe. I said this in the 9 o'clock, 9.15 actually. I said this. I said, in our Bibles, every time we open it, what if I told you there was a nugget of gold in there? And there's one person on the second row was like, well, I'd open it. I was like, exactly. But the reality is, is there's something that's worth more than a nugget of gold. It's worth more than precious rubies. It's the Word of God designed for you that can change your life. And it, was, and it just takes one verse, one word um, in God's Word, in our Bibles to change us. And I, I really believe that this is our time in a service when we can believe with faith for that kind, of, that kind of miracle. Amen? That kind of direction from God. And so I just really want to pray to that end now and let's really believe together that God in these next few minutes we have together is going to speak. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, we lift it up high. We elevate your word high in our lives. And Father, we say it has the final word. It's the authority that we submit ourselves to. And God, we come to this moment as we read your word, as we engage in your scriptures. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and you would illuminate things, that you would show us things, that you would um, open up truths to us, that they would soak into our lives, that they would shape us and mould us. And God, we thank you that when we read your word, it never returns void. It never gives us nothing, but it can always give us something. And so, Father, I thank you for that, Lord. We pray as well for Colonial Kids as they're uh, being ministered to as well. And they're reading your word as well, God. Father, we thank you that they're also being invested into today in Jesus' name. And we all said? Amen. Amen. Thanks. I'm good. That's the title of the message. Thanks. I'm good. I love those moments in church where everyone's like, what is he saying? What does that mean? It'll make sense in just a moment. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 3, Paul speaking to Timothy, the pastor, the leader, the young minister in Ephesus. And he says these words, he says, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Look at these words. But godliness with contentment, everybody say contentment, <laughs> is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierce themselves with many pangs. I love what Paul says here. He says, godliness with contentment. 
He delivers to Timothy this holy combination. These two things working together produces in a believer's life great gain. And when we study the text, what it's, what it's actually saying is it produces an increase in your life. It adds into your life. Those two elements, those two things coming together in combination produces great gain, good things, an increase. Kind of got me thinking about this week and Thanksgiving and man, there's some serious combinations on the table at Thanksgiving time, isn't there? Biscuits and butter. Green beans and casserole. <laughs> Just yesterday, we were having our post-Thanksgiving like family breakfast thing. We do this all the time. Does anyone else do cinnamon rolls on a Saturday morning? Cinnamon rolls on a Saturday morning. That's a bit of a thing in our household and... I like it because it's just super easy. <laughs> but I was thinking about it as I was literally having this meal with our children and I was just like, God, just like, I was thinking about the message, I guess. And, but it's kind of like that. It's like cinnamon rolls. Imagine having the roll without the icing. It would be terrible. It'd be all dry and just, oh, no good. But what if you just had the icing but no roll? That would still be okay. <laughs> but not great. Not a holy combination. The two things together produces great gain in my life on a Saturday morning. So this morning I wanted to talk about two things that I feel like two words, two ways we can live, two attributes of a, of a believer in Jesus' name that I think go together very well. So this message is going to be like a spiritual cinnamon roll. You ready? <laughs> Thankfulness and contentment. Thankfulness and contentment are two attributes, two ways to live. The best way to describe it is a state of being because you don't do contentment, you don't do thankfulness. You are thankful and you are content. It's a state of being, it's a way to live. And the cool thing about Thanksgiving is, by the way, I love the holiday, I love the week, I love the way it all comes together and people to come together. And man, I, I love celebrating it, it's awesome, but I have a bit of an issue that it's only just one day. <laughs> Because as a believer, we're called to live our lives thankful. This is supposed to be a continuation, a lifestyle, a continual way of living, a state of being. So point number one this morning, two simple points today. Point number one is this, be thankful. Okay, and I want to share some Thanksgiving scriptures with us today. Um, I could have, could have given us a hundred, but I've only got Five. So if you've got a pen, write them down. Psalm 107, verse 1. Look at what it says. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 7, verse 17 says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due His righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. We did that today. I love that song we were singing. High King of Heaven. That's Jesus. That's our King it's beautiful. We should give thanks to the Lord Most High. First uh, Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4 and verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There's a combination right there. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And then Colossians 3 and verse 15, look at what it says. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Look at these words. 
and be thankful. Be thankful. Let me ask you a question today. Are you a thankful person? I know it's a serious question. I know it kind of hurts a little bit. Like, why would you ask me that, Pastor? Like, why would you do that? But this is how we're called to live. We don't do thankful. We are thankful. And out out from being thankful, out from it being who we are, we do thankful. We are thankful. And thankfulness flows out of us. If you ever wondered where thankfulness came from, I'd love it if you could write this thought down. A heart of thankfulness flows from a revelation of grace. I'm going to say it again. A heart of thankfulness flows, begins, wells up, springs from a revelation of grace. In other words, a sight of Jesus. A seeing of Jesus, a moment with Jesus, a touch from Jesus when everything changed then thankfulness comes. Does that make sense? So when I see Jesus, when I get a revelation of grace, we see it all through the New Testament in the parables when Jesus spoke, just a sight, a revelation of grace causes a heart of thankfulness. And then we can live our lives thankful in Jesus' name. See, it's not a one day event. It's not a one week thing. It's a lifestyle of thankfulness. Grace is known to us as Jesus Christ. You know, grace is a person. Sometimes we'd be like, grace, what is grace abstract, kind of part of this, or comes in, or, you know, do we access it? Just start where you need to start. Grace is a person. His name is Jesus. Amen. It's that simple. Grace is Jesus. Jesus is grace personified. Grace is Jesus, and we can be thankful in all circumstances because of Jesus. Are you thankful today? I challenged our staff this week. I said, are you grumpy? Are you just a grumpy person? Are you mean? Are you negative? Grumpy? Just sort of sums it up, right? Grumpy. You know, someone who's just a grump. No one wants to be around a grump. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be around anyone who's grumpy. It's just like negative and always putting things down. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to that restaurant because I had a bad experience. Just grumpy. I want, to, I want to be around thankful people that are just thankful all the time, thankful they have breath in their lungs, thankful that they get to live today, thankful they get to do stuff today, thankful they get to walk down the street today. Thankful. That's how we're called to live. In the early church, there's this thread, this interwoven thread, this thing that was in the early church and needs to be in the church today, which is just thankfulness. Thankful all the time. Not just once a year, not just once a week, but all the time we're called to be thankful. Thankful people. And it's more than just saying thank you from time to time. It's just being thankful for grace. Oh, my goodness. Moment after moment after moment lately where I've just been like, God, I'm just so thankful for all of it. I'm thankful for everything. God, I'm thankful that Pastor Josh Kelsey would come and preach at our church. Like I'm thankful that I'm thankful that Holy Spirit, you show up all the time. I'm thankful, God, every single week that the people make decisions for Jesus. I'm just thankful. We've got to be thankful. Can I just encourage you? If you just do a little bit of digging, you will become a thankful person because you'll see the faithfulness of God everywhere all over your life. Starting with the people around you and the path that he's taken you on. So number one, be thankful. And number two, real simple this morning, be content. See, content to me is like this, kind of like this. 
I'm good. Thankfulness is like thanks. Thankful. And I'm good. What am I good with? God, I'm, I'm good with where you have me right now. God, I'm good with what you got me doing right now. God, I'm, I'm, I'm good with the people you've put in my world that you want me to help and you want me to minister to. And God, I'm good. It's not saying that I'm settled and I don't want more. It's not saying that I've given up and I've given up on God's plan for my life and there aren't further things ahead. No, that's not the spirit of what I'm saying. Content is like, God, I'm good. I'm good with what you're doing in my life. God, I'm good. Paul said this, he said, godliness, I just want to kind of reach for a moment, thankfulness, being thankful to God for his grace, godliness and contentment is great gain, great movement forward, great increase in my life. So what is contentment? The Bible dictionary says it this way, contentment is a state of mind in which one's desires are confined to his lot, whatever it may be. Think about it for a moment. It's opposed to envy. It's opposed to ambition. It's opposed to anxiety. And it arises from an inward disposition, i.e. it's on the inside. I love what it says here. It's the offspring of humility. It's the offspring. Humility is where it starts. And then from humility comes contentment and of an intelligent consideration of divine providence. In other words, a mindful understanding, a state of mind, a recognition in my mind that God has a plan and I can trust Him. I'm content. And I believe this is, this is something we need to talk about in church life because we exist in an age where there is such a discontent and the enemy is having an absolute field day with this generation and we need to be talking about contentment. We need to be talking about the power of being content like the scripture talks about. Look what it says in Hebrews 13, verse 4. says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life, look at this again, free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do. To, what can man do to me? I'd love it if you could write this down. This is a this is key point when it comes to contentment. No one has everything, but everyone has something. No one has everything. The world wants to tell you today, you can have everything. No one has everything. But everyone has something. And we're called to be content with what we have now. No one has everything. But I guarantee if we sat down and talked, I'd be able to find something. I'd be able to illuminate to you something that you do have. Something that you can be content with. Something that you can be thankful with, thankful for. So I wanted this morning, if I could, just to give us some things that we should always be content with. These are things, maybe areas in your life, maybe, maybe situations that you have going on, but you can always be content with these things. The first is this, our walk with Jesus. I'm going to preach the truth this morning and shame the devil. You can always be content with Jesus. Jesus is always enough. I have a question for you though. Is Jesus enough? 
And if you're sitting there maybe wanting to get offended by that question because you've been in church and a Christian for a long time, I'll just say it a little differently. Is Jesus still enough? Because I I have to deal with this myself. I've been a Christian now going on 20 years. What happens is the joy of our salvation, the magnitude of grace, we're hit by it. And we start to do a little bit of life. We start to do, you know, go to a few dinner parties. We start to, you know, go a little bit forward and we're faithfully giving. We, We get a few runs on the board. And it's kind of like we start looking around. Well, is there anything else? See, our walk with Jesus is where we should be most content. Our walk, our, 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 our time with Jesus, we sh- that's where we should be the most content. Oswald Chambers is an amazing theologian and wrote an amazing devotional that we have in the storehouse called My Utmost for His Highest. And I read it every day. I love it. I've been reading it every day for a long time. And so challenging and Oswald Chambers was primarily, he had a Bible college and he would send out missionaries and his, his, uh, his challenges was always, he would have a very sharp point to his instruction on purpose so that he would prepare good soldiers and good saints to go out in the mission field. But he said this about contentment, he writes about contentment all the time. He said, are you severely troubled right now? Are you afraid and confused by the waves and the turbulence God sovereignly allows to enter your life? Have you left no stone of your faith unturned, yet still not found any well of peace, joy or comfort? Does your life seem completely barren to you? Then listen to this. Then look up and receive the quiet contentment of the Lord Jesus. This is truth today. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. It doesn't matter what your struggle, as as bad as it may be. You could be going through the worst thing imaginable today and sitting in this room. But if you just lift your eyes just a little, just a little to see Jesus, a quiet contentment will fill into your life. And understanding that no matter what I go through, you know what? I have a revelation of Jesus. I've seen him for myself. That means everything has changed. So I could go through hell. As long as I have Jesus, I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to be content in who I'm called to be because it's me. And it's Jesus. I've been through seasons like that. I've been through seasons where I'm just like, man, my whole world is falling down around me. But I had Jesus. And so I was just fine. I feel like someone needs to hear that today. It doesn't matter what you're going through. As long as you have Jesus, you're going to be just fine. So number one, we can be content with our walk with the Lord. Number two, we can be content with our calling from the Lord. See, when God calls you, it's kind of like, this is just the way I understand it. It's a pretty simple thought to me. But when God calls you, the phone just keeps ringing. You know what I'm talking about? Is anyone? Ring, ring. You ever been to a restaurant or like a, a medical office and they're, you know, they're so busy or whatever, they just leave the phone ringing? It drives me crazy. I just want to jump over the counter and answer the phone. Outback Steakhouse. Uh, yep, uh, we've got a table for you. You want a booth? But the phone just keeps ringing. But that's the thing about the call of God. That's the phone that just keeps ringing. But the thing is, the thing that's most important to understand today is you're the only one who can pick it up. Your parents can't pick it up. Your friends, they can't pick it up. Not even your spouse can pick it up. It's yours. That call is for you. Our calling from God is something that we can be content in. 
And maybe you're in here today and I just want to help you. If you're a new Christian, maybe you just came back to church. What you're called to do, first and foremost, is to love and live for Jesus, okay? That's baseline for a believer. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter where you find yourself, your calling, your main calling is to love Jesus and live for Him. But beyond that, there is a specific calling on your life. That's your God-given specific purpose. And it's usually centered around what you're good at, what you're gifted to do. And that's the beauty of serving the Lord is just, I'm good, thanks. Thanks, but I'm good. Because no matter what happens, I've got Jesus in my life. I'd have, I've had a revelation of grace. And you know what? I'm going to spend the rest of my days, no matter what he asks me to do, I love the Lord. I'm going to serve him. I can be content. Can I get an amen in the 11.15 a.m. service? It's worth being content. Romans 11, verse 29, for the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable, i.e. the phone just doesn't stop ringing. God's got a call for you. God's got a purpose for your life. And he's going to keep calling in Jesus' name. So we can be content in our calling. We can be content with our walk with Jesus. Next one we can be content with, our spouse. We can be content and we should be content with our spouse. I just got to go there. The Lord showed me a scripture the other day. I want to share it with you. Proverbs 19 and verse 14 says, House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And that, that verse just struck me because I was like, man, that's so true. That's so true, God. You gave me an earthly father who gave me material things, who helped me out, provided for me, set me up in life. Um, you know, there's inheritance from fathers, there's those things, but there are certain things that only God gives you. And some of those things are permanent installations in your life. Like the scripture says, a wife is from the Lord. And I guess you got to go ahead and say it, personal time. 2005, Jill walked into my life and she's never left. We're married. We love each other. We're husband and wife. There's no changing that. My contentment is in my spouse. There's no interchanging with that. Is it okay to say that in church this morning? But we can find contentment in this area, our spouse. I think about our families. I've had counseling sessions that are just like, it's like we can't get past an issue with the family. And I've just had to say it. This is your family. You share the same last name, bro. Can we get past this? Because they're not going anywhere. It's important to understand God has given us certain things, certain areas of our life where he's designed it for us to be fully content. Something else we can be content with is ourselves. You've only got what you've got. But what you've got, listen to me, is exactly enough for God. Because he designed you exactly that way. This is a message for this generation. I've spoken with leaders that are struggling with the iPhone culture. And, you know, I guess we're definitely doing our part as well with social media and all that. So all we need to do is tell the next generation that God made made them that way. They are exactly who he designed them to be. He is pleased with them. They don't need filters and comments and likes to be accepted by God. He loves them. They can be content in themselves. You don't have to amend. You don't have to edit. You don't have to change who you are, appear a certain way to get acceptance by our God. 
It doesn't matter what someone said in a comment. It doesn't matter if someone unfollowed you. It doesn't matter if someone didn't tag you in a photo. Can I just encourage you? If you're speaking to your kids about this, just tell them God loves them exactly how they are. Because contentment can come when we understand what I've got is what I got, but God gave it to me, so therefore it has value. This is what a generation needs to hear, that God is pleased with them, that he made them that way, that they are not deficient in his eyes, but they are exactly what he's looking for, that they are everything they need to be, that yes, they'll grow, yes, they'll go, they'll, yes we're all on a journey. The Bible calls it a pilgrimage, but we can be content. And that leads me to my final thing that we can be content with, which is this, the season that we're currently in. The sea, you know, the season that you're currently in, you can be content in that season. And you can be like, but Matt, Matt, but what about the next season that I'm believing big things for? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's do it. Let's believe for great things in the next season. But let's not forget as you finish this season, God is still here working with you in this season. And you might be in a season of waiting. Can I just encourage you? The Lord is calling you to wait well. If you're in this season right now and it's a season of sowing, can I just encourage you? Double down on your sowing. Because God is working in the season that you're in right now. You can be content right now in what God is doing. I've lived seasons in my life where I've just been like, God, I can't wait to get to that season. And I feel like the Lord has said, well, what about us right now? We're working. We're doing stuff. I'm trying to do stuff in your heart right now, son. Why, why are you looking over there? Why are you looking down the road? Look at me right here. You know, sometimes I need to get like my son, Jack. I need to like, look, look, look at me. Look at me in the eyes. You know, because he's just not paying attention. Sometimes that's how we are with God, where he's just trying to get our attention to say, look at me, look at what I'm doing right now. Let's be content where we are right now, the season that we're in. I think about us as a church and where we're going as a church. I pray God has an amazing, incredible future. I know he does. That's how he is. That's how he works. We are going somewhere because God is leading us. But if we're not careful, we can, we can miss being content right now. We can miss what God is doing right now. We can miss how God is shaping and molding and helping and organizing and blessing us right now if we allow discontent to replace content. That's why I want to take a moment. If you'd stand with me, I want to pray. Actually, before I pray, I just want to read this scripture, Philippians 4 and verse 10. I've been trying to read this scripture all morning. It's the first time I got to it, so praise God. But you know, contentment, you might be in here today and you're like, well, how, how? How does that work? First of all, the answer is always in the Word. Yeah. Philippians 4, verse 10, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you've received your concern for me. Paul writes, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no, no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. There it is. Paul says, he says, I know you're concerned for me. You didn't have opportunity, but here's what I learned through. Here's what God showed me is no matter where I'm at, no matter what the circumstance, no matter how I'm struggling, I can be content. I have learned in whatever situation. And see, that's the beauty about contentment. If you're in here today and you're like, man, this is a major issue in my life, you can learn how to do it. He says, I've learned. I figured it out. God has shown me. God has showed up in my life. God has been faithful. He, is, he has brought me around to this. 
And I pray that He will continue to do that with us today. So what I want to do is I want to pray. You're near today and you're like, I could be more thankful. I want to believe today that there's going to be a thankfulness spring that starts welling up inside of you. And maybe you're in here today and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm growing discontent. I'm, I'm, I'm agitated. I'm looking forward. I'm trying to get out of where I'm at. And I'm growing frustrated with God over it. I want to pray that He shows you things in this season that you look back on in the years to come and you're just like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't miss that. Because God's doing stuff right now. He's doing things in our hearts and He's showing us things that are going to help us no matter where we go. Maybe you're in here today and it's like, man, I'm just bitter. Can I encourage you, if you carry that bitterness to the next season, you're going to have problems in the next season. So let's deal with it now. Maybe there's people you've got to forgive. You've got to let them go now. So when you get to the next place, what happens? You're free. You're free to, to walk into that season unencumbered, ready to go ready to bless the Lord, ready to minister, ready to make an impact for the gospel. So with every head bowed, online as well, if that's you today, you're struggling in this area, this message is speaking to you. You know the area you need to maybe surrender that thing to God. You need to deal with that issue. Maybe there's some heart work that needs to take place. When you know what it is, you just lift up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, we love you. Lord, I pray our prayers and our our lives would be honouring to you. Like it says in Revelation, Lord, that bowl of incense is a prayer of the saints rising up to you and you're pleased. Father, we pray our lives would be acceptable and an offering to you. So God, today help us. Holy Spirit, would you come in and do the surgery that needs to be done in our heart of hearts? Remove the obstacles, Holy Spirit. Remove the bitterness. Remove the unforgiveness. Remove the things that aren't of God. God, where there's lies, I pray that you would replace with truth. Father, where there's roots of things that need to be just removed, ripped out, God, I pray right now you would do that. Father, I pray where there's negativity and maybe a lack of thankfulness, God, I just pray that you would help us to understand just how massive grace is, how incredible and amazing our grace is that comes from you, Jesus. And Father, I pray for contentment in all seasons, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're working today, that you're here today, that you're in this season, you're in this moment and you're doing amazing things. God, I pray for a spirit of godly contentment that brings great gain to spring forth, Lord, amongst your people today. Father, I pray for marriages to experience this. Father, I pray for young people to feel an acceptance today like they never have. God, I thank you that you're working in our lives in Jesus' name. Come on, let's Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.